Hear the gospel of our Saviour Christ according in the gospel according to John, chapter 20, beginning at the first verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Early on the first day of the, of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled in a place by itself. And then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said these things to her. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our lips be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. I have to say, last time I stood here, um, I'm not sure if you remember, Morris, but the Welsh House of Bishops was here, and I ended up preaching on the Transfiguration. <laughs> and I was that nervous, I forgot to turn the backlight on my iPad. So I had the angelic glow of the, of the Transfiguration as I was preaching. That has nothing to do with what I'm about to say, but I just thought I'd share it. I'm also very aware of this candle in case I turn into a fiery preacher. <laughs> but last week, um, 
A few of us were engaged in a very, very sophisticated, highbrow conversation about the golden age of television. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about 80s kids TV. And during the discussion, Dr. Heffelfinger, in a moment of revelation, confessed her love for the Transformers <laughs> and mourned, I think mourned is an accurate enough uh, word here, here, I'm flying my head. Uh, Mourn is an accurate enough word here that you never received an Optimus Prime toy. I looked on eBay, <laughs> I looked on Amazon, and I wasn't going to spend a lot of money. <laughs> but, maybe that's one to take home to your dad just when our Christmas comes. But anyway, uh, Katie had to put up with Star Starscream uh, instead, the, the, the airplane one. June, this will go over your head. This was all before your time. <laughs> so you can Google it afterwards. But June, let me tell you what the Transformers were. They, were. they were robots that transformed into cars or planes, or in some cases, dinosaurs. Now, I'm not quite sure how that last one was robots in disguise. But anyway, as I was, was driving home, <laughs> the conversation kept in my head, just showing the impact that it had on me. But I noticed just how many kids' TV shows in the 80s revolved around that idea of transformation. So, Hema, uh, so Adam of Eternia and Cringer, by the power of Greyskull, became He-Man and the mighty Battle Cat. <laughs> the Turtles by the mutating um, power of the ooze, became Teenage Ninjas. Eric, when he had a banana, became Henry. Banana Man. <laughs> That's just some examples, and, and I could go on, but it would simply be for nostalgia's sake, and let's be honest, nostalgia's not what it used to be. Um, but like I say, transformation is a, a key and recurring theme uh, in the genre of 80s kids TV. But it's also a key theme that runs through John chapter 20. And these verses spell out a series of transformations. And they all revolve around the big one. The primary transformation these verses gives us as death is transformed into life. Death is transformed into life. We all know what's happened prior to these verses. Jesus has been executed in one of the most violent, terrifying deaths possible. A death that has instilled fear and dread among his followers. A death that has been met with tears and sorrow from those who love him. Jesus is dead. And John chapter 19 goes to great lengths to reinforce that. So in verse 30 of John 19, it's clearly stated Jesus is dead. He gives up his spirit. In verse 34 of, verse, of chapter 19, a spear pierces Jesus' side and there's a discharge of blood and, and water. And finally, in verse 35 of chapter 19, we're given an eyewitness account to Jesus' death. Jesus is 
dead. But as we come to these verses, that situation is transformed. Death is transformed into life. The tomb is empty. The grave clothes are folded. The scriptures are fulfilled. Jesus has been risen, as verse 9 reminds us. Death is transformed into life. It's a, a transformation that is not an isolated event simply around Jesus, but one that extends to all who believe. And that truth is pressed home in verse 31, just beyond our reading. But these things are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. And St. Paul picks this up as well in 1 Corinthians 15. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has come through a human being. For as an Adam all die, so will all be made alive in Christ. Death is transformed into life for all through Jesus Christ. It's the, the primary transformation here. And one that ripples out in a series of further transformations um, throughout the next two chapters. The first of those is that despair is transformed into joy. Despair is transformed into joy. Death seems so final to us. It's the final goodbye. That's why it's met with sadness and pain and sorrow and despair. I have two graveside memories that are, are etched into my mind. The first is of my, when, as a 16-year-old, standing at the graveside of my paternal grandfather. And as they lowered the, the coffin into the ground, I noticed my father crying. I mean, really crying. Now, my father's not a hard man. Alison will tell you he's a terrible hypochondriac. Um, I can tell now I'm not going to go into those stories but he didn't really cry it just wasn't really part of his nature but yet at that graveside he really wept as they put his father in the ground the second memory is of the grave of my maternal grandmother and I remember as they lowered her, into the, her coffin into the ground, my grandfather, who was a hard man, buckled as he let out the most horrific wail. Death brings despair. And we see that in this reading. As in the space of, of three and a bit verses, the word weeping is mentioned four times. Death brings despair. But as Christ transforms death into life, he transforms despair into joy. 
Mary's tears are wiped away as she turns to Jesus and cries out, Rabboni! The one she mourns is risen. And in Revelation 21, we, we get a similar picture as, as God wipes away the tears of his people, transforming their despair into joy as there is no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Can I say, and this is a weird thing to say, but there is something wonderful about conducting the funeral of a Christian. There's a hope there that, that transcends death and despair. It's a hope that is grounded in, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The one who transformed death into life and therefore transfer, transforms despair into joy. Death is transformed into life. Despair is transformed into joy. But I want to draw you to the response that, those, that these verses gives us to those transformations. Because as clergy or, or Mother's Union members or, or as just general members of the Christian family, the response we see in these verses needs to be the one that we all seek to emulate. So when Mary encounters the, the risen Jesus, death is transformed into life and despair is transformed into joy, she then immediately seeks out others. And she tells others. She passes it on. She makes those transformations known in, in verse 18. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, but he had said these things to her. And you see a similar pattern immediately after these verses as the other disciples encounter the resurrected Christ where death is transformed into life and in their case, fear is transformed into peace. They immediately seek out others and tell others. They pass it on. And as Christian followers today, that's what we are called to do. It's the natural response to that transforming resurrection, to seek out others and proclaim Christ risen in all its implications and applications. And that's what you are called to do, not only as clergy, but as followers of Christ, followers of the risen Christ. A number of years ago, I think it was 2012, Rome Williams said these words during a, a Christmas address, but I, I think they apply equally uh, today. We are, after all, doing something rather outrageous. Asking men and women to stop and look and turn around and learn how to keep company with a figure whose outline we see only dimly. Yet when a life that shows what that company really means, the outline becomes less dim. And people will begin to recognise why lives like that seem, despite everything, to be normal. 
the natural response to the way things are. As we encounter the, the risen Christ, who was transformed life into death and despair into joy, we're required to call others to him. To live transformed lives that draw people to him. To allow them to experience those same transformations that we have through him. And out of the King of Ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Amen.